0: Welcome to the Golden Bro Awards. I am Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman, and I am Trey Newman. All the stars are out, Mike. We, we are. are out, and we are looking fabulous. If Michael, I do say so myself, your dress is stunning. <laughs> just I <laughs> appreciate wow. it. I've been saving it for this occasion. Unfortunately, not a video episode, but <laughs> very risque. But you know, well, I, I, you know,
1: you he just... likes to push the envelope on nights like yes. this. I do.
0: I do. I mean you you don't see conservative dresses at the Oscars, Ryan so yeah, the golden Bros even more reputable arguably this is the sixth annual wow. golden Bros no way yeah this is pretty crazy the We've winners been doing this for six years we have wow we have. The brass well, has been bad for that long kind of I guess it's more like five years five years but six of these and a little a little more Ugh, crazy yeah five and a half or so anyway uh the winners we're determined by us, of course. So we each submitted a top three ballot, and you get three points for being at the top of our ballot, two for second, one for third. A lot of awards to get to. So Trey, what is the what is the first award we'll be giving out?
1: We're gonna go start with a team award. Which team had the nation's best offense?
2: Yeah. So to me, uh, you know, I know there were some good offenses out there, but there was a clear number one in my eyes, and that was Tennessee. Um, they led the nation in points per game. That's the immediate thing you want to look at, 45.7. Second place was the Ohio State Buckeyes, more than a full point behind. And, you know, they were number one in total yards per game um, with 523. Um, so they're, they pretty much just dominated all year, save like one game versus Georgia, which you can forgive. Uh, Georgia going up against that defense so I'm kind of bummed that Hooker got got hurt I know it was kind of late in the year but he was playing at a Heisman level the whole year he was carrying that offense and it was just so exciting to see Tennessee good again and is playing well and their offense was just lighting it up so I thought they were the most consistent throughout the whole season
0: yeah I have the same team at the top of the ballot I had Tennessee for me it was a, a tougher decision because when I looked at the opponent adjusted metrics kind of three teams stood out Tennessee Ohio State and usc but but like you said ryan you look at, at tennessee's basically one blemish offensively was against georgia whereas ohio state had a, a down game against northwestern i know there was some weather there but they also weren't the greatest against notre dame and michigan usc had a had a really bad game against oregon state so overall i thought tennessee was the best
1: yep we're kind of all in the the same boat there usc you didn't give enough credit for it. they were Pretty balanced. Travis, Caleb was incredible, but Travis Dye was yeah. was great. Uh, and they didn't turn the ball over, which helped. But uh, the honorable mention I did want to mention, not necessarily in a top three, but Washington. Uh, great offense. Michael Penix lit it up this year, put up a ton of yards and points. Great job by Kalen DeBoer. And he's coming back. Good for you, Dub. But the
2: golden bro for the nation's best offense goes to Tennessee. Yeah. No yep. drama there. No. Yep. All right, let's move on here. We went we just had the nation's best offense, so let's touch on which team had the nation's best defense.
1: Yeah, I um I kind of threw a bone here, and I number one, I went to Illinois. Um Ryan Walters. Wow. I know. One. I know. He did just Ryan Walters did an incredible job with this group, led the nation in scoring, led the nation by holding quarterbacks under 50%. They held teams under 100 yards on the ground. They they averaged two and a half turnovers per game, which led the nation. Cindy Brown at corner was a pick machine. You had Newton and Randolph on the D-line. A bunch of tackles for loss and sacks. That's, that's why I had to put the Illini up there.
0: Yeah, they were they were on my ballot. They were third. So they, they were a, a legit, legit great defense. But I had Georgia, number one, most talented defense in the country. Of course, very well coached. They faced like we said maybe the best offense and well according to us the best offense in the country and we are the definitive voters Mm -hmm. here so uh and and shut down tennessee tennessee didn't get a touchdown in that game until the last five minutes which was and it was basically garbage time so they also held oregon who had a great offense we didn't (laughs) know it at the time but held oregon to three points so it was it was a step back from last year for, for georgia but not nearly as big as as
2: everyone thought it was they were they were still great yeah, I agree with Michael. I I, I did put the uh, Georgia number one, um, but number I had a couple of different teams for number two and three. Michigan, I had number two, number two against the run, second in points per game, number two in yards per play. They just they shut down Ohio State for the most part, which was uh, obviously a big time showing. Um, you know, I, I might have considered them number one, but they just had such a soft kind of schedule overall that I couldn't put them up above Georgia. And then I put Iowa third. Um, you know, they were yeah, they were I had totally them second. legit. Yeah, uh, six yep. in points per game. Number one in the nation in yards per play. That's kind of what I look at. And they only gave up thirty one time, and that was to Ohio State. And you know, considering how bad their offense was and how many poor situations they were put in, you know, I give them credit for just you know finding the motivation to still play hard on defense. It's like, dude, again, come on, Petrus. Yeah, like come on, man. So Iowa's third.
1: All right, the Golden Bro for the best defense goes to georgia the bulldogs two
2: years in a row not as good as last year but still good
1: all right let's go back and we're gonna look at which team had the best offensive big uglies
0: tough one here for me but ultimately i had oregon at the top of my ballot they of course recruited that position extremely well under the previous head coach mario cristobal so uh dan lanning inherited uh and and um Kenny Dillingham. Kenny Dillingham. Thank you. Inherited a a great roster in, in that sense. And they had a great year. They graded out very well uh, on pro football focus, both both in the run game and pass protection. If you look at football outsiders, offensive line stats, they're great across the board. They were number three in the nation in opportunity rate, which is the percentage of carries that get at least four yards. So of course, a lot of credit for that goes to Goes to the O line. They were 11th in the nation in power success rate, which is their success on third and fourth down and two or fewer yards to go. Um, and they were first in the nation in sack rate allowed in non-garbage
1: time. So that's a sore subject that, for Oregon fans, though. On fourth and short. Yeah, I know
0: but, that they had a couple <laughs> crucial, they were very a couple good. crucial
1: <laughs> fourth. That
0: was the, the couple
1: yeah. fourth and twos, fourth and ones that did not go their way. But uh, yeah, that hurts. No, ov- overall they were good, and they they only. Al- I think they allowed like four sacks all year. Something ridiculous. They were insane. Was the yeah, it's was very estimation there. Um I actually was looking at uh Michigan. You got Olawatimi who won the Remington and Outland outland. Um Michigan, they led the Big Ten in rushing. We saw what Coram did and then Donovan Edwards and really opened up some holes. We we really saw it against Ohio State. Um so that was kinda where I I went to
2: Yeah, I also went with Michigan. Um just they really just controlled games on the ground without a really good passing game. Um, there wasn't, you know, JJ McCarthy wasn't exactly firing in all cylinders through the air. So to be able to run the ball the way they did, Jim Harbaugh just has them playing like the way Jim Harbaugh wants them to play. Really, really good run game, some supportive air, but they only gave up one sack per game. So maybe not quite Oregon level there, but that was really, really good. That was almost top 10 in the country. They just dominated against good teams. They beat. Uh, They ran real well against Penn State, ran real well against Ohio State, a couple really good defenses. So, Michigan for me. And then I had, I actually had Georgia followed by UCLA two and three. UCLA underrated. They really had some good fourth and rushing yards and, you know, didn't give up that many sacks considering DTR was a scrambler and kind of held onto the ball a lot. But UCLA with Zach he had some really impressive performances on the ground.
1: I agree on Georgia too. And I coached the U.S. offensive linemen. What's that, Ryan?
2: And I coached one of their offensive linemen, so. That is right, in basketball. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes, so got to give them some love.
0: There you go. Yeah, honorable mention to USC, they, they had a, a very, very good year on, on the offensive line, uh, but not a lot of drama here with two first-place votes. The Golden Bro for Best Offensive Big Uglies goes to Michigan. I, I couldn't right quite beat – I have to yeah. start the drum roll. Quick. <laughs> I, I there was go quick. This was a wordy <laughs> award, so I couldn't quite beat it there. <laughs> you did good. But it. moving on, which team had the best defensive big
2: uglies? Yeah, this one's tough because, uh, you know, statistically, sometimes you can't tell the full story with some of these defensive lines. Um, like the team I'm picking, number one, Georgia. Um, yeah, they were number one in the nation against the run – and you, you, you just can't be number one against the run if you don't have a dominant defensive line. Jalen Carter, potentially a high first round draft pick, he was leading the way. Nazir Stackhouse, Mikel Williams, some great players. They got talent, depth. And, you know, they don't have like the, you know, personal numbers. They aren't racking up a ton of sacks or even a ton of tackles, but they eat up blocks like crazy and let those playmakers behind them go to work. So they just control that line and they're about as dominant as it gets. They, they showed it against Tennessee, best offense.
1: Yep. Um, I agree there. I also went to Pitt. Didn't have the you know, the greatest year overall, but Kalijah Cansey he was second in the A C C for tackles for loss. That's impressive for being on the defensive line. Also had seven and a half sacks. Deslin Alexander was a beast too. Um so their defensive those, those line does get, put up stats.
0: Yeah. They're very productive every single They year. are. So yeah.
1: so Pitt and then um Michael, anybody else you had? Well, I had Georgia Pitt one two. I had Illinois
0: third. They were also incredible against the run and just a great overall defense. And the D-line was a big part of that. Jerzon Newton had a big breakout year.
2: But the golden bro for the best defensive big uglies goes to Georgia. Boda. Okay, next award.
1: Who was 2022's surprise team? This is always a fun one. There's there's a couple teams, but, uh, you know, TCU, I think there were... They really stand out um, just because no one saw a playoff run coming. You know, you could have said they might improve off the, the disaster last couple of years of Gary Patterson, but no one saw Sonny Dykes leading an unbeaten team be inches away from a Big 12 title. You know, I saw one of the, I think one of the sports books, uh, the over under was six and a half wins before the season. They're sitting at 12 and one and then the playoff. That's just ridiculous.
2: It absolutely is ridiculous, and it was ridiculous how they just kept finding ways to win games. But <laughs> yeah. that was uh, that was very fun, very fun to watch their their ride this year. Easy to root for too. Um, so I also had the number one, of course. that's it's going to be unanimous, I think. But my second team was LSU. Uh, nobody, Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly not me expected LSU to have that good of a year win the West who expected LSU to win the West. I mean, that's, yeah, that was, that's true. That's crazy. There was some, definitely some teams, Alabama just alone. So that, that was a huge year for, for Brian Kelly, even after it kind of started off a little shaky against Florida state, but man, did they find their stride and great first year there for Brian Kelly. Yep.
0: We all had TCU number one.
2: I'll agree there, but yeah, this is one of those awards
0: every year that, there's like 15 teams that oh, I, yeah. I want to name here. Um, but yeah, TCU, though, they had, I think it was the biggest jump of anybody from the, the preseason SP plus projections to their actual in terms of mm. how many points better than an average team. That's surprising. Were projected. Yeah, um, maybe I missed somebody, but, but I think it was TCU. Um, and I had Duke as the second team on oh, my list. Yeah. Their season That's... win total was three, and they ended up going eight and four. And Kansas got all the attention because they started out so hot, and they obviously had a, a great jump. They were a surprise team, but by the end of the season, it was Duke that had had made the the bigger jump. So I uh, wanted to give Mike Elko some credit there. Yeah, they did a great job. Any other? Do you guys want to just throw out Tulane, if you have? Tulane. Yep, they were yeah. third for me. Tulane. Tulane. Yeah, over yeah, under
1: six had eleven
0: wins. AAC champ. You know, you know. UW? Who, Washington, I liked Washington. I liked. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah,
1: good, good call, yeah, by. good one.
0: <laughs> just came you. out of that on your Thank own. Thank you, yeah. Ryan. You were you saying something in the background? Um, there? No,
1: no. I just I don't can't know anybody. Udu- yeah. This U Dub, I don't know what that means, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. Washington. I mean, Vegas wise, they overachieved, but um, it just felt like they overachieved too. Was Tennessee? Um, they,
2: I mean, mm-hmm. obviously
1: at the very end, they kind of got injured and lost to South Carolina, but still beating Alabama. Hey, K State, great year. Oh yeah, yeah winning Win the winning, Big winning the conference. I mean, come on now. Illinois going eight and four. Not that surprising.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, Ryan had it. Ryan had it. Mm-hmm, Ryan mm-hmm. Had it. Yeah. Uh Yukon,
2: six and yes. six. Come yes, on. Yes, that's a good one.
1: I think I think next year we have to do like the inverse to like the the worst surprise team. Like like Texas A and M or something. Disappointing.
0: Yeah, that would be Texas A and M, I would think oh. this year. Who else could it be? I
2: mean, Miami it's Miami was pretty bad. I'd still go A and M, but yeah, you know, you can kind of live with the first year head coach and maybe not quite as talented as AM. and M. A wow, horror. Yeah. Uh, more good surprises: James Madison eight and three, first year in FBS.
0: South Would Alabama, South Alabama ten and two, Troy eleven and two yeah. in the Sun Belt, Michigan yeah. twelve and zero. Like they, yeah. It's did not expect them to be this good again. Um, Ohio nine and four if Curtis Roark had stayed healthy who knows maybe they would have won the yeah the mac all right that's a lot of teams Oregon State nine and three USC have we said USC come on oh good point four and eight
1: turnaround to 11 and good. two
2: taking it for granted
1: but the golden bro for the 2022 surprise team goes to the horn frogs of TCU well deserved
2: all right let's move on who deserves the Lou Broza award for the nation's best kicker got it
0: down to two guys here ultimately i went with joshua Cardi of stanford perfect on the year only 18 kicks so 18 for 18 yeah perfect from field goals what oh yeah he he did he did miss an extra point he did miss an extra point thank you right there's only
2: one other option for a kicker there mike well i was just i don't know i some reason i was confused about what you were getting at there i was like i
0: just said he's perfect from field goals why are you his name is not jet toner no, Jet Toner, yeah, they've had they've had a good run of kickers there. Yeah. But uh, but no, he was but he was 13 for 13 from beyond 40 yards. So there were a lot of deep kicks. Yeah. Three for three from beyond fifty, including a 53 yarder, 54 yarder, and a 61 yarder. Uh so which was Yeah.
1: That an was a funny one.
0: Un, un, unimportant <laughs> sixty well, to some people, unimportant. <laughs>
1: the last hey. play of the game against Cal. Only mm. only
0: sixty yard field goal of the year. Yeah, I mean so no, to me when you ridiculous. look at the distance of the kicks, I think that made up for you know, not having, um, yeah, a U- lot U- of volume. attempts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm going to throw in, uh, Christopher Dunn of NC state 24, 25, you know, second most made kicks in the nation. And he also, he was 10 of 11 from 40 or more. So I, I liked seeing that. And then the other guy I'll mention was Harrison Meevis of Missouri. He led the nation with four 50 or more yard field goals. Does that have a
2: big leg. Uh, I had Tanner Brown third from Oklahoma State, 21 of 22. Only had one attempt over 50, um, but you know, only one missed kick on those that amount of attempts is impressive. The Golden Bro for the Lou Broza
0: goes to Joshua Cardi, Stanford.
2: Hey, Stanford's on the board. Yep.
1: All right, moving on. Who was 2022's breakout player?
2: Some some really good, you know. Tough candidates to kind of decide here. Um, but ultimately, I found a guy that I was comfortable with. Drake May from North Carolina, the quarterback. Third in the nation in total passing yards. 35 passing TDs to just seven picks. Completed over 67% of his passes on 8.5 yards per attempt. So there's the stats. Um, but And then heading into the year, though, a lot of people were wondering, you know, how much is North Carolina going to miss Sam Howell? Um, but the answer was not at all because Drake May was just as good, if not better, um, Sam Howell was. So he carried this team. Um, their defense was terrible. So it was really just kind of all on him. Could they get 50 to 60 points to win the game? And, and a lot of the time they did. And uh, he carried them to the ACC title game appearance. And that's pretty darn good if you're North Carolina.
0: Yeah. I had him on my ballot too, but I try to go number one on my ballot in this award. Someone who's been around for a while and yeah. and and is is really breaking out after after not having done a ton. And for me, that was Charlie Jones, wide receiver for <laughs> Purdue. He was th- at Buffalo back in 2018, then he eventually transferred to Iowa, never had more than 400 yards receiving in a season. This year, led the nation in receiving yards. Just crazy. That's a good what, uh, point. It's a good one. Jeff Brom was able to do with him.
1: Uh, I'll mention two guys, Jalen Hyatt. You know, with Cedric Tillman out uh, a yeah. lot of the year at Tennessee, you kind of wondered who would step up or if the production would go down. Hyatt was like open for long bombs every time you looked up, like every game you watched. So led the nation with 15 touchdowns. Um, and then the last guy, Jason Henderson, Old Dominion. Yeah, baby. He, uh, he had 186 tackles. The second best was 137. Now, a lot of them were assisted. So I, something tells me the scoring might have been a little generous. Like that's a cr- incredible <laughs> that he was a part of that many, though. Hey, Luke Keekley did it. Yep. Uh, Evan Weaver did it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, another honorable mention for me, well Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver Ohio State, and mm-hmm. Drew Sanders, linebacker at, at Arkansas. Of course, at Alabama, wasn't
2: able to to see the field too much there, but one year at Arkansas, boom, huge yeah. numbers. I had a couple more. One guy that you would like because of the, you know, first couple years didn't put up huge numbers. Trey Palmer, Nebraska wide receiver, yep. Ooh, finished yeah. 16th in Good the nation point. in total receiving yards with 1, that 1,043. But if Casey Thompson, the starting quarterback, didn't get hurt for two and a half games, he would have been near near the top. I mean, they the quarterbacks that replaced uh, Thompson just I mean it was you know they he, didn't, he couldn't throw a pass, so it was rough. But <laughs> he the, was he was he was good. Um, and then Quint, <laughs> Quinshawn Judkins was the uh, my other guy, Ole Miss running back. Uh, he was a three star true freshman, and he led the SEC in rushing. I mean, that is a heck of achievement. Ole Miss man, uh, Lane knows how to get those that ground game going. All righty then. But the golden bro for breakout player goes to Drake May of North Carolina. Well-deserved. Well, well-deserved. Well, well deserved. All right. So who deserves the Chuck Brodeneric Award for the nation's top defensive player?
1: I had to go to a, Michael. Help me out here. Tui Pelo Tui close uh, okay yeah whatever uh no but i mean i watched enough of his game pack 12 defensive player of the year led the nation uh, in sacks he small was number. second in the country in tackles for loss yeah 12 and a half but for nation league number um he he was defending passes he forced a couple fumbles like cuz you know sc's defense obviously wasn't great by any means but he's a big reason why it was able to force a lot of turnovers and be a respectable unit overall and help get them to a new year's six bowl
0: Yep, he had a great year. For me, at the top of my ballot, Ivan Pace Jr. of Cincinnati, 119 tack. What's that? Miami of Ohio, formerly Miami of Ohio. Yes. Yes. Uh, 119 tackles, six or 18 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks uh, at linebacker, and that 119 tackles is the most of anyone in the nation that had at least five sacks. So filling up the stat sheet. I know he plays in the G5, so you got to maybe adjust those numbers, but did well against the power five against Arkansas, had 12 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss and a sack in that game. He was the highest graded defensive player in the country per pro football focus. But to me, what 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 put him over the top of over some of the other guys I was comparing him to um, is is the number of snaps he had. So like if you compare him to to Jalen Carter, who would be well deserving, but Jalen Carter, 308 snaps compared to pace is 828 so that's just wow. a lot oh, more yeah. of a chance to make an impact and will anderson too will anderson know, yeah, you might say is is better than pace but he played something like 150 fewer snaps so that's why that's I, a lot I gave, of
2: snaps how many snaps do you have in a season yeah
0: pace well, he
2: was a he was a workhorse that like, he was in I mean, there how many do you see every like, down well, i guess that makes sense if you face like 65 70 a game something like that times 12 13 oof crazy why want. did
0: you decide to do this math, Ryan? This We don't need to do it this. It sounded like
2: almost like unbelievable amount of <laughs> Too maps. many stats. Yeah, it's like, wow. But I believe you. Checked in the stats right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who'd you vote uh, for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had uh, number one was Sidney Brown from uh, Illinois, the defensive back. He was tied for second in, in the country with six picks, 59 tackles, a sack. And he just led one of the best defensive units in the country. And, of course, his brother was the star running back for – for Illinois as well. So the Brown duo was uh, extremely good for them, extremely valuable.
0: I actually had wow. uh, another defensive back had, uh, for, for Illinois, Witherspoon, as he was second. Also a good choice. On my ballot. He was targeted 64 times, allowed a completion percentage of 34.4, had three picks, 14 pass breakups, and he had allowed a passer rating of 24.6, which was the best in the nation of any you know corner that faced... Yeah, I don't know how many targets, yeah, but whatever the their minimum secondary was. secondary was very, very good.
1: We got some drama with this one. One boys, the golden bro for the Chuck Brodeneric Award goes to Tuli
0: Tuipolotu. You got it, Trey. Good job. All right, USC getting a defensive award. Who is who he knew? coming back? He is very likely not coming back. I hope so, mm-hmm. but unlikely. But uh, but no, he did clean up in in the. Uh, you know, he he awards, won a lot of. S- I was gonna know, say actual awards, as if the the golden bros oh, were actual awards. Come on, yeah.
1: no, this is just his cherry on top. Yes. Okay, moving on. Who deserves
0: the Davy Bro Bryan Award for the nation's top quarterback? I'll start us off here. Going Homer, Caleb Williams, USC. He was just unbelievable I mean the stats he got over 4,000 yards 37 touchdowns four picks like we said it just the USC offense just didn't turn it over um, and that was because of him he only I believe he fumbled one time and that's when he was uh, you know playing on one leg at the end of that that Utah Pac-12 championship so um, and, and just the amount of plays he made where yeah just holy crap plays where it, it looks like he was dead in the water or gonna get sacked no one could could bring him down and and he's always looking up field and just firing a rifle it's just he has made so many wow plays and just always made the right play very 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 few mistakes on the season so i feel yeah. like that's rare when you're a guy that's you know kind of a gunslinger to also combine that with not turning it over
2: it yeah. was incredible the amount of like, he was chances awesome. you thought he was taking to not turn it over.
1: It's great. He was so fun to watch. He was better than I could have ever imagined. It was crazy. Um, Yeah, so Caleb makes sense. Max Duggan, I mean, the guy, even if it wasn't just not always in the stats, he was just a gamer, like so fun to watch with his arm and legs. That one drive, honestly, it would have gone down in infamy the, at the end of that Big Twelve title. He was accounted for what ninety five yards all rushing, and it was just like it was just incredible. He put the team on his back. Uh, he he he's just so fun to watch throughout the year. Yep, worthy
2: pick. Um, I had those two in my top three as well. Uh, no eh, number two for me. I'll say you guys said I'd my top pick, um, Hennon Hooker at number two. He was number uh, two for me. Yeah, I, he would have been second in my Heisman vote. He led, you know. Uh, the the best offense in my opinion this year and maybe maybe he got a little penalized for uh, getting hurt in that one real bad game against Georgia but when you lead the nation in yards per pass and your second and QB rating 27 passing touchdowns to just two picks like Caleb Williams level of not turn the ball over um, and he rushed for four and 30 yards and five scores so he he did it you know through the through the air and on the ground carried that offense and remember they didn't have Cedric Tillman they're arguably their best receiver for like half the year so it makes it even more impressive. The Golden Bro for the Davey bro Bryan Award goes to
0: Caleb Williams, USC. Easy call. Who deserves the Golden Bro for the nation's top running back?
2: Yeah, this one was tough for me. Um, Really, really tough. I almost wanted to switch after I already sent the list to Michael, but I can't. Put hey, in, we, put can, it, put it we there. can switch it up on the
1: fly
0: because <laughs> if you switch, Ryan, that will switch the winner. And we can just, that's fine. That's fine if you want to.
2: Actually, it wouldn't switch the winner. It would only f- further enhance him, I think. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. Well, then never mind. All right. So I'll say my real list. My real list was number one. Blake Corum from Michigan, one thousand four hundred and sixty-three rushing yards, which was good for eighth nationally. But he did miss, they pretty much missed the entire Ohio State game, just two carries, and missed the Big Ten title game. So he played in those, and you know he could have been number one. Um, almost six yards carry, eighteen touchdowns, and he rushed for over a hundred yards in every Big Ten game that he played, save the Ohio State one. But he was just you know
1: a fierce runner the whole year. All right, I looked at Bijan Robinson. I mean, without just looking at the stats, you, you know he is good by watching him. I mean, he did end up averaging over six yards per carry, led the Big 12 in rushing touchdowns, led the country in yards for scrimmage because he's he's gifted uh, as a receiver as well. He caught 19 passes for 16.5 yards per catch, so he's kind of the all-around guy I liked.
0: Yeah, I also went with Bijan at the top, and kind of the receiving out of the backfield was the, the tiebreaker with Blake Corum, but deuce Vaughn, i was tempted to put higher than i had deuce Vaughn third on the list over 1800 all-purpose yards they went to him big moments both on the ground and through the air for k-state um, and for much of the season they didn't have a, a great passing game to take the pressure
2: off of them yeah i third i had uh i had Chase brown of illinois uh, just yeah. an absolute workhorse uh he he had the most carries in the nation he had 328 which is 20 more uh than the next guy um, and he was maybe my favorite to watch just because it was, it was no funny business with, with with Chase Brown. He got downhill in a hurry, tough runner. Um, just, <laughs> it was... No
1: funny business. Yeah, I like Yeah, no funny that. business, man. I like so that.
2: Don't, don't dance it around. Just get, get up field and get your yards. And he was, he kept doing it, positive <laughs> yards every time. So, and he was second in the nation in total rushing
0: yards. Well, we got to bring he, he was, up number
2: one in the nation, Dwayne McBride, UAB.
1: Yeah. I had him third. Yeah. Yeah. He him. was close. He was close. UAB. Because the pass game wasn't much and... He yeah. shouldered a lot, all right. But
2: the golden bro for the nation's top running back goes to Bijan Robinson. all right. Who deserves the Bro Litnikoff
0: award for the nation's top receiver?
1: Uh, I mentioned him earlier, Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt. um, you know, just because the he he just was i I said it earlier, like he was always open every time you watched a game. He was streaking open. Like in the Alabama game, you thought, like, there's no way someone's that wide open. Oh my gosh. It's Hyatt again. Yeah. Like they just they just kept getting uh kept scoring with him. But nineteen yards per catch, just an awesome threat. So Jalen Hyatt was my guy.
2: Yeah, I also have put him number one. Uh number two, I went with the nation's leading receiver, Charlie Jones of Purdue. You know, it's hard not to pick the their leading receiver. Um but it's just thirteen hundred over 1300 yards he also led the country in receptions on 110 so they just were constantly giving him him the ball 12 touchdowns and you know he he really filled the void for Purdue because before the season started they had some major wide receiver concerns with some you know guys like Milton kind of not being able to Milton Wright I believe it was had some academic concerns I think it was and so they were they were down on guys didn't know who they were going to go to and Jones stepped up yep uh
0: I also had Xavier Hutchinson on my ballot of Iowa State just because all the attention's on him. The percentage of targets that went to him in that offense was crazy. Didn't great, get great quarterback play, but still second in the nation in receptions. But for me, number one, I had a different number one than, than you guys. I had I struggled with it, but I went Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State. So he was eighth in the country in receiving yards with 1,157. But a few things I liked about him, 1.4% drop percentage. He had one drop all season that's the lowest mm. in the country of of any receiver with at least 80 targets and just he just had a lot of contested catches yeah, you know, a, a couple of one-handed ones. catches like he made some yeah. really tough he was ones. impressive yeah it was it was uh, yeah definitely very impressive but hyatt i mean his yards per route run was was incredible yeah. so
1: yeah last last guy i'll mention is nathaniel dell of Houston. Um, Yeah, I liked him just because he also returned a fair amount of punts and, and did well at that. But the golden bro for the Bro Litnikov goes to Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee.
2: What a surprise player he was, man! He had a couple of years of not really doing much, just a couple hundred yards the last each of the last two years, and boom! Crazy, so good for him. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next one. Who deserves the Frank Broyles Award for the nation's top assistant coach?
0: I didn't, I didn't like how you, how you said that award. I feel like you got to really uh, brand it was, a little better. Broyles? There you go. I thought that was better. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> um, Sorry. It was a tough one to say. It is t- it's very tough to say. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> wow. But I am going with a guy who I do not think got enough credit for the, uh, the Broyles Award but hopefully we're making up for it with the bro yoles. Alex Kotelnicki, offensive coordinator for Kansas. This offense was Hmm. 103rd in SP plus last year, 91st in FPI. They were even worse the year before. Um, Of course, haven't recruited super well uh, overall. So he's not working with a a lot of talent. And this year they were one of the 10 best offenses in the country. And you can't even just argue, Hey, it was Jalen Daniels as an otherworldly talent because even when he went down, the offense really didn't skip that much of a beat with Jason Bean. Jason Bean put up some incredible numbers. They ran the ball extremely well. It was a creative offense, a lot of trick plays and misdirection. I I feel comfortable with him number one on my ballot.
1: All right. Um, I'll leave another guy for, for Ryan, another number one. But I liked Kenny Dillingham at Oregon. I mean, he turned Bo Nix into playing at a near Heisman level most of the year. They had... They were third in the country with uh, over 500 yards per game. Pretty balanced attack. They limited turnovers. The efficient offense ended up getting him the ASU, Arizona State job.
0: Guys, I'm, I'm going to immediately apologize. I think I just said Alex Nikki. It is Andy. So <laughs> I'm, really, uh. I'm really just talking about how he's not getting the respect he deserves. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but at least Can't I, I me, realized man. it. I'm like, I think I said Alex. So if I did, I'm not sure if I did, but if I did, I'm sorry. Andy. I don't recall you saying Andy. Yeah. I think I said Alex. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So whoops. Um,
2: all right. Uh, Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator for Illinois was my number one. Illinois was second in the country, giving up just 13.4 points per game. They were ninth in the country against the run and ninth, uh, against the pass. Only other team that was in the top 10 of both of those statistics was air force. Um, and they were number one in the country in turnovers forced at two and a half a game. I mean, they, 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 did it all. Um, incredible turnaround by Walters in a couple of short years, um, 104th in yards per play the year before he got there 31st if his first year and then third this year, just a massive jump in a short amount of time. All right. Any honorable mentions we got before we get to the winner? I went with uh, Phil Parker from Iowa, a guy that yeah. I just, he consistently to me doesn't get enough credit. I mean, always puts out, it seems like they're getting better and better too on defense. Um, yeah, it never gets any help from that offense, but they they were number one in the nation against in yards per play. I mean, that's that's about as good as it gets. Yeah,
0: I had Lance Gidry, defensive coordinator for Marshall. This was year two for him there, and they you know they'd been solid generally defensively. They've been decent for for G five program, but they were top ten in both SP plus and FPI defensively this year. Didn't give up thirty wow, points. That's really good. Yeah, didn't give up thirty points in regulation all season. They shut down Notre Dame. So underrated job by him, but. The Golden Bro for the Frank Broyles Award goes to
1: Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator, Illinois. No, head coach Purdue. Michael, you could well, argue no one's. You could argue no one's heard of the Marshall yeah. assistant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, it's, you know I, I I like to go with underrated guys sometimes, which I remember a few years ago at Missouri, Ryan Walters was 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 on my ballot mm. for this award. The,
1: the joke went right over
0: Michael's head. Oh, I but did. Okay. Oh, what did you say? Was there a pun in there? No one's heard of him?
1: Oh, heard of oh, him. Very good. Very good. Yes. But thank you for bringing it back to football. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I,
0: well, you know, because I was already thinking about my next point. I wanted to bring up Garrett Riley. So I was like very much half oh, listening to what yeah. you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But, but it was a great joke. It went over my head.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Great. <laughs> um, anyway. But Garrett Riley did it. he so he won the broyles I believe which he did a great job with that offense. But I just kind of thought like TCU had a really good offense last year and yeah. brought a lot back. I was expecting them to be very good no matter who the offensive coordinator was. I think they were a lot better with him than they would have been otherwise. But I just thought there were some like I Ryan Walters I feel a lot
1: better with than than yeah. you know, yeah, Riley. I, I just thought what his well, the job like, he did was crazy. This but, might have been the guy you were thinking of too. Alex Golish was a was a. Candidate there too. He was the Tennessee offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Hypole was running the show and the two yeah. were already pretty good. So those guys suck, is what we're saying? Yeah, no, they're bums. All right. Now, who deserves the home Debro award for head coach of the year?
2: I got to go with the uh, unlikely playoff team, man. TCU at Sunny Dykes. I mean, what he did in his first year there was absolutely incredible. Um, getting Max Duggan to play at a Heisman type level, um, and getting the defense better, actually, you know, they oh, got a lot confident and came oh, up yeah. with, you know, some, some, some big games there, especially against like Texas. They had a really good defensive showing in that game. So improvement on both sides of the ball and just finding ways to win. You got to give credit for, for that, even if they were a little fortunate in, in some games, but Hey, 12 and one and is uh, in the playoff is 12 and one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's a, uh... Worthy, worthy number one on the ballot. I'm going to go all the way down to number three on my ballot. Jim Mora, UConn. Just wanted to bring him up. Ooh. Their win total was set at two and a half. And did I already did I already mention that in the uh, surprise team aspect? Not sure, but uh, yeah, it's just they've been one of the worst teams in college football for several several years running. Crazy that he got them to six and six.
1: Yeah, back to Sunny Dykes. You, you almost should ding him though for not starting Duggan at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah. year, like. He got, he got lucky. Although now I think about it, maybe Chandler Morris would have been the best quarterback of all time. If he (laughs) stayed, the first half against Colorado though, didn't look great or whatever it was. No, it was pretty dicey. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, I agree on Dykes, but two other guys I'll mention, Josh Heupel, of course, just because no one expected Tennessee to be in this position a couple years ago. Got to ding him for last year, starting, uh, Joe Milton over, uh, that's a good point. (laughs) What was he thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Willie Fritz, uh, at Tulane two and 10 kind of disaster year. A lot of it hurricane related, but then turn it around, go 11 and two and win the AAC.
0: Yeah. And rather than, I guess, naming a bunch of honorable mentions, just go back to our, the part where we listed all the surprise teams and just all those head coaches. That's a
1: good point. They're
0: honorable (laughs) mentions. Well, I put
2: Jim Harbaugh and Kirby smart on my list here. You know, you,
0: I, I, I appreciate that. That's I, I
1: zero. Harbaugh (laughs) smart, I mean, smart's good. He's it is. Bummed, I mean, but.
0: we all assumed that Georgia was going to take a big step back, and they—they're the best in the that's country. That's true. Uh, it, it Undefeated, is, you know, SEC title true.
2: winner. It's the first time he's done that. You know, being defeated throughout the whole SEC conference yeah. plan yeah. and win no, the title that's a good game. Point. So broke through there. There
1: but. was really not much of a drop-off. Offense it was good. Yeah, good
2: yeah. point. righty then, but the Golden Bro Award for oh boy, I messed that up, didn't I, Bruce? <laughs> The Golden Bro for the Home DeBro award
1: goes to Sunny Dikes. All right, this is a this is a fun one. What was 2022's game of the year?
0: Yes, very fun one. Lots of games to choose from. Another one where you could list off 15. I thought yeah. there was a clear choice for number 1. Uh just, yeah. just it's very subjective, but for me it was Tennessee 52 Alabama 49 the build-up to that one was insane both undefeated tennessee just having been down for so long and this is you know this finally them hey maybe being back they they it's a huge rivalry tennessee fans were desperate for a win of course the atmosphere was insane it was back and forth there was tons of offense alabama missing a game-winning field goal and then tennessee going right back making it it was just
2: i mean it, it was
0: it had everything
2: it was great
1: it did it did
2: yeah that was pretty spectacular there was alabama had a few <laughs> games they were yeah i had three alabama games in my my top three. Oh wow uh, yeah i know uh you know alabama, i had alabama at um texas number two i, I that game was cool to me just because i love the non-conference matchups um and you really were not expecting this one to be close the point spread was 21 and a half kind of thought bama would just roll and kind of forget um, it was that much i know right uh Quinn Ewers was playing well uh but then he got hurt early in the game which is which is a bummer um you know but then Texas they took the lead in the fourth quarter late in the fourth quarter about a minute and a half left they're up 19 to 17 after a field goal and you know everybody in the watching the game and in the stands was like uh-oh that is too much time there's no way <laughs> yeah. Texas wins so uh Bryce Young of course led a clutch drive um uh, in the final minute to they hit a 33-yard field goal to win with about 10 seconds left, so they won 20-19. to 19, But just an unexpectedly good game in a non-conference game, and that was fun.
1: Yep. Well, one of the other Alabama games you were alluding to was Alabama-LSU. I mean, there were nine lead changes and a tie in that game. Went to overtime. Jaden Daniels was brilliant. Uh, you know, Kelly rolled the dice, goes for two in the win. They converted. Pretty, pretty awesome there. And then the other game I'll mention, Mike uh, – Near and dear to your heart, USC UCLA. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the best uniform game out there. It was in the Rose Bowl, great setting. And DTR and Caleb Williams were just dueling on both sides. Um, and just kind of exchanging scores. And SC ironically got a, a defensive play to, to seal the game, but won forty eight forty five. That was very entertaining. That was much
0: more positive game for me. I I had a Utah US or I had a USC game, sorry, I gave it away on my ballot, but it was not that one. It was Utah USC. Uh, another great uh-huh. game. The, the the first one, of course, uh, in Utah. Yeah. For, U, Utah won forty three to forty two. Just because the atmosphere was incredible. Because it was they were they were honoring, of course, their their two fallen teammates who had passed away over the mm-hmm. last couple years. And so, and Utah at the very end, they had a little comeback. Went for two for the win, and they got it. Just unbelievable yeah. atmosphere. Great game. So had to ring up that. And also TCU Baylor uh tcu won twenty nine twenty eight. that's the one where tcu ran on the field to kick a field goal as as time was expiring just a, a crazy ending there tcu kind of looked dead in the water uh, just uh with a couple minutes left in that game yeah but the golden bro for the game of the year goes to alabama at tennessee
2: yep. yeah
1: good i mean good they, call carrying the uprights out oh that was sweet
2: all right moving on Let's see here. Who should take home the highly coveted Heisbro Award for the nation's most outstanding player?
1: Yeah, I'll be maybe Captain Obvious here, but I'm going Caleb Williams. Just we've said it before, near the top in most of the categories. And I know the Heisbro or the Heisman isn't a most valuable player award, but he really was, I think, the most valuable player to his team's success this year. Like He was just amazing. Um, Just spectacular play after spectacular play. And and just the way he actually moved with his legs, too. like He was a little bit better <laughs> for some reason than I remember with his with his legs. Uh, a lot of clutch first downs with that read option. So I went Caleb. Yeah, he was uh, – the word
0: outstanding is when you, you really focus on that, I think he was kind of – ended up being the clear choice for me, Caleb Williams. An unbelievable year.
2: Yep, it is a clean sweep. Caleb Williams deserves this award, man. No doubt about it.
1: So with that said, the highest Bro <laughs> yeah. goes to Max Duggett. No. Oh. The
2: yeah. The highest wow. Bro
1: goes to Caleb
0: Williams, USC. All right. The last award we have here. Well, actually, we've got some rapid fire awards after that. So stick around. Yeah. It's a podcast. You're not going anywhere. Come on. So who deserves the award for the honorary fourth bro? And we actually have not discussed this award uh, before this episode. Michael just put it down. I just put it down, but yep, yep. I have a and nomination. I've nom- Oh, oh! Did I? Do you actually know who I'm nominating here? Yeah. Your, oh, okay. I your, put that in the daughter. Output. I didn't realize that. Well, we. No, yes, it This should be. We added a fourth bro this season, which has always been a gender gender neutral label. Yes. As we yes, said. Yes. Of course. And so, the honorary fourth bro goes to Baby Grace Grace Newman. Yes. Didn't we have some other? Patron
2: babies didn't. Uh, um... Well, no, Roe won it last year. No, I know, but yes. I mean, this year we just there was another. Oh yes, we did. Yeah, our... there was. Yes, we there had. Was, um, I think multiple? There
1: was planking. a couple, but eh.
0: I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna dox anybody here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats. Oh. And, well, oh no, I the good point though. Yes, they are also honorary fourth bros. Thank
1: yes, you, Ryan. Absolutely. Yes, the patrons and their their babies. offspring. Yes, but but I think Mike, your daughter, she's handling this. Very well, very well. I'm sure is she is she to the moon with this award. She,
0: well, she's sleeping right now, unfortunately. So I'm uh, gonna, wow. <laughs> you know, mm. wow. she couldn't stay up till till 11:30 p.m. for these awards. Have you, but, uh, have you taught her to fight on yet? Uh, not yet. She's still working on that. But you get, you're really <laughs> not setting me up for success with these questions here. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> she's
2: she's still we're pretty working
0: young. on it. She's got a little USC outfit. We dressed her up in on, on game days, and uh, and she brought good luck, Larry. This is this is her her yeah. first her first year of existence, wow. and wow. USC going eleven and two, yeah. making it to the Pac twelve title. Come on, it's we're back. Come on,
2: congrats, Grace. Good. Too Job bad Grace. break our Nebraska streak.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's not a miracle worker, right? I mean, she's, she's, <laughs> that's a little too much to ask. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get some rapid fire awards.
1: Yeah, we've got the diaper dandy for the true freshman. I The nominees are Quinchon Judkins of Ole Miss. Ryan, you brought him up earlier. Um, yeah. Just seventh in, the, seventh in the nation in yards, and that's impressive because he split some carries with Zach Evans, uh, led the SEC in multiple categories. You got Harold Perkins of LSU, the linebacker. Yeah. Might be the best NFL player of the, the freshman bunch, but he just looks incredibly gifted in the – Arkansas game alone, he had four sacks and two forced fumbles. Ridiculous. And then Nicholas Singleton of Penn State had a lot of hype, the running back, but he actually lived up to it. Almost 1,000 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns. You can tell he'll be a good one. But the winner of the Diaper Dandy Award is Quinshawn Judkins of Ole Miss.
2: Good
0: call. All right, let's get to the best stat line of the year. The runners-up are Max Duggan against Oklahoma, 23 of 33, 302 yards three touchdowns and he also had five carries for 116 yards and two touchdowns on the ground nice daquan finn toledo against kent state 16 for 22 263 yards six touchdowns and also 87 yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground at running back israel abaniconda for pitt against virginia Tech, 36 carries 320 yards six touchdowns at wide receiver, we brought him up on this episode. Jalen Hyatt against Tennessee, or sorry, against Alabama. Of course, he plays for Tennessee. Six catches, two hundred and seven yards, and five touchdowns. That's Stupid. Thirty-four point five yards per catch. Defensively, got a few nominees. J.T. Tui Malowao for Ohio State had that, of course, monster game against Penn State. Six tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, two picks, including a pick six. Derek Parrish of Houston, eleven tackles. Six and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks against Texas Tech. Last nominee, Quinion Mitchell for Toledo at corner had four interceptions, including two pick sixes against Northern Illinois. But those are the runners up. Our winner of the best stat line of the year is Tanner Mordecai, SMU. He was 28 for 37, 379 yards, nine touchdowns zero picks, also added eight carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. So that is 10 touchdowns That's in one stupid. game. Did that you add Clayton Toon in that, in that
2: game? Was that one of the runners-up? He was not because he threw no. three picks, but he had a, also a monster oh. game as well. Oh, I didn't realize the three picks. Okay. I knew it was just insanely high scoring. Yes. But. Okay, let's move on to play of the year. And the nominees are, I'll start with the runners-up. We have Tennessee's 40-yard field goal. Uh, to beat Bama at the very end. That was uh, an amazing moment. It wasn't the prettiest. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. Uh, We had App State. They had a 53-yard Hail Mary uh, to Mm. beat Troy uh, 32-28 early in the year, which ended up being Troy's only conference loss. Um, Barack Bowers, he had a a crazy 73-yard catch against Florida that kind of bounced off the defender (laughs) and bobbled up there for a little while and was able to snatch it out and then run for – lot of yards to the touchdown um and then number two i had uh lsu's two-point conversion in overtime to beat alabama that was an amazing play it seems like everybody runs that play when you need like a you you got the two receivers on the right and they kind of just take out the defenders run a guy underneath and hopefully traffic can't get to him so very popular play most more teams should be ready for that um. Anyways. Oh, defensive <laughs> schemer, Ryan Newman. Yeah, hey, I'm Ryan Walker sir. How do you think?
1: <laughs> Call up Nick Saban next yeah, day. Yeah, I've
2: been watching. I've been watching. Uh, all right. Um, but the winner for the player, the play of the year goes to TCU's last second 40-yard field goal to beat Baylor 29-28. They got him to 11-0. And I appreciate this one because, it was like a whole team effort yeah. and execution coaching staff to players to everybody had to be in unison. They got, they ran a play, a run, a running play. And there was about maybe 15 seconds left when the guy went to the ground. So they had 15 seconds to rush the f- kicking unit out there, get all set up. And that is really hard. You see that messed up. Like, I mean, all the time, but they did it, executed it perfectly. And I mean, it, it they're in the playoff because of it, you know, like it's just, it
1: was an amazing play and that was TCU season, man. All right, moving on to the G5smen. Uh, A couple of the nominees and runners-up are Frank Harris, quarterback for UTSA, almost 4,000 yards through the air, uh, added another 600 yards on the ground, 40 total touchdowns, and he was efficient, 71% completion percentage. You got Dwayne McBride running back for UAB, led the nation in rushing we alluded to earlier, over 7 yards per carry. Conference USA Player of the Year. But the winner of the G5sman is Austin Reed of Western Kentucky. Watch out. Western Kentucky starting a dynasty here with the prestigious G5sman Award presented by the College Football Bros. <laughs> Bailey Zappi won it last year. Now Reed, he was second in the nation in pass yards. 36 total touchdowns, ran for another eight.
2: Very, very good. All right. Let's move on to the upset of the year, and yeah, the nominees are uh, Georgia Tech. By this, I went by point spread strictly. Um, so we had Georgia Tech over Pitt. That was a 21.5 point spread. Georgia Tech got the win there. South Carolina was a 22.5 point underdog going up against Tennessee, and they just put a butt whooping on them. They beat them by 25. <laughs> <laughs> the phrase Sorry. of the year is butt whooping. But yeah, here you go. Uh, then uh, we had UConn, uh, this a surprise team Michael likes. Uh, they beat Fresno, and they were a 23 point underdog in that game. This one's a little bit of a sour one for us. Georgia Southern over Nebraska, that was a 23 mm-hmm. and a half point spread, and we we lost to Clay Helton too, which didn't help. Tough matters. Scene. tough scene, real tough scene. That was the end of Frost. He was already over, but um, and but the. Golden Bro for the upset of the year award goes to Middle Tennessee over Miami. They were a twenty-five and a half point dog, got the win on the road in Miami. That's interesting. I wonder how that compares to most years. It seems like twenty-five
0: and a half. Got to be too low. Yeah, yeah, being the the largest point spread upset of the year is. It does feel low. And by the way, I will say I'm like ninety-eight percent certain yeah, that that's it. We like, both. It's hard to go pretty through extensively. all the games. Well, yeah. I say pretty extensively. I've looked for maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> I look I look pretty extensively more than I probably should have, but Yeah. You know. If anyone, there was no like statistic or site that I could find that just had him, you know. Right, like, me neither. So if
0: anyone is aware of a bigger one, let us know, but 25 still and a half a good what you got to beat. Yeah, it's what you got to beat. All right. Last award is the Art Sitkowski Award, the worst passing stat line of the year. The runners-up are Jack Abraham of Missouri against Kansas State. Three pass attempts. One of them was incomplete. The other two were interceptions. So very efficient in his play there. (laughs) Cole Freeman of Northwestern, 12 for 22, 93 yards, zero touchdowns, and four interceptions. But the winner of the Art Sikowski Award is Jaden Clemens of Wyoming against Boise State. Oh, three yeah. for 16 30 yards zero touchdowns and three interceptions not Ouch. great
1: they had a chance to win at the end too and he threw a pick <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah. we should always re-
2: <laughs> we should always reference art arts you know horrible game
0: i know you're right because honestly this felt like also a little bit of a weak year
2: or maybe a strong year for that the, one was pretty bad the arts account. three of 16 yeah for 30, that's pretty horrible it was bad art art
0: had, <laughs> had had some pretty amazing uh performances though a few years ago yep but congrats to jane clems of course all in good fun they're way better than we could ever dream of being at any sport
2: right yeah, you gonna I, challenge I'm not going i mean you know no i'm not i'm not he's a d1 football player man <laughs> yeah, okay. all right. i was just ready for ryan to say like hey yeah, you know I'll, maybe basketball i you know yeah no. yeah
0: good could, couldn't make d1 man not even close all right. Well, thanks for listening to the 2022 Golden Bro Awards. Congrats to all of the winners. It's got to be the thrill of a lifetime for them. Uh, thanks for listening to us all season. And of course, we're not going anywhere. We're going to have episodes every week. So please subscribe. We'll be here throughout bull season. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon if you'd like to support us there. We'd really appreciate that. Our last Patreon episode was really fun. We uh, What was it? We did so fun that i can't remember <laughs> i remember it being fun you took uh, oh, it from another it? podcast idea you oh know. yeah that's right I've, I've blatantly stole another podcast idea we we played yeah. is this good where that's we debated right. whether certain college football topics are good and we also debated some real life topics like is this good uh asking a waiter for their advice on what food to get exactly there you go so if you want our non-sports opinions you know where to look so thanks for listening we'll see you next time
2: you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros and for their commentary on saturdays follow them on twitter at cfb bros thanks for listening